Buff Nation. Let's go. Welcome into DMBR Buffs Prime Time. We are presented by Illegal Pete's, everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. How was your weekend? It was good, man. Um, I I don't think I've ever been this in love with football. Like, you know, uh, they say when you find the one, <laughs> your love just grows stronger over time. And and I've experienced that uh, in, oh. in real life with relationship with Allie. Um, but it's happening with football, man. <laughs> like, never before until this weekend. On Saturday when the last game ended, I was like, no. Like, I don't want to wait until 1 o'clock tomorrow to watch more football. That was exactly me. And then literally at halftime of the first game on Sunday, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, only six more quarters of football. Then we have to wait a whole other week. Like, I was literally – I had, like, Sunday scaries level anxiety over football ending for the weekend. And we only have three games left. It's terrible. It's the worst slash best time of the year. Yeah. I mean – it's just, I mean, that last game at least paid off. It was a really good game. Obviously, we wanted mm-hmm. the Chiefs to lose. <clears throat> I knew the second that Josh Allen missed digs on that drag that they were going to miss the field goal. I'm done with the Bills. I'm calling it. I'm done. I actually had I, I had uh, the Chiefs in my pool because I was just like, I'm, as I went through all the possible scenarios, Mm-hmm. The Chiefs winning or losing by less than three just felt like it was. I, ha- I was getting more scenarios on my side. Yeah, brutal. Uh, well, now our hopes lie with the Baltimore Ravens. I've always loved Lamar. Same. I'm about to be the biggest Lamar fan ever. Let's go. And I started this uh, with Joe Burrow, but I'm going to bring it out again, um, Jake. When Joe Burrow beat Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship, before that game, I said if. If they win, I will buy a Joe Burrow jersey. Mm-hmm. So, if Lamar Jackson knocks off Patrick Mahomes, I will buy a Lamar jersey. Hell yeah. i love to hear it. Uh, we'll get back to some NFL stuff at the end of the show. Um, but because we had our guy Tyler in on Friday, we got some stuff to catch up on. The big thing is we are getting a very notable visitor this weekend. Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere, not a, not mm-hmm. exactly a visiting time of the year. Right. But I think it's even better for him because he'll get the full attention. Julian Lewis is headed to Boulder this weekend. This guy was the top quarterback in the 2026 class, reclassified to 2025. Now he's just behind Bryce Underwood. Big time. This would be massive. It's the one area so far that we haven't been able to go and recruit outside of Shador. Obviously, mm-hmm. you don't need a, a quarterback right now, so it makes sense. And and last time everyone got mad at us for not mentioning these guys, so there are players on the team now yes. uh, that could potentially be the heir to Shador. Mm-hmm. But when you have Coach Prime as your coach, you are not expecting a transfer or you know a three-star uh quarterback like ryan Saab. again not taking anything away from those guys yeah but you're not expecting them to kind of fill the shoes of shador which are going to be impossible to fill but you expect they're going to get a big name and maybe it's through the transfer portal next offseason yeah but this is one of those ones where it's like okay if you, if you were to get julian lewis like everyone's like oh coach prime is reloading uh, for the future after after Shador goes. I think 
besides quarterback, we've gotten a blue chip recruit or former blue chip recruit at damn near every position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a top 200, four-star type of player, I think, at every position at least, but quarterback. It's time. Big time. Big time. Uh, I also have to say, like, some people call him Juju Lewis. I swear there's just something about that name. That you're just automatically good. That is true. Like, we're watching uh, USC versus yep. CU women's basketball last night, and there it is, Juju Watkins. Like, with an, the name Juju Watkins, you just can't – you're – Guaranteed to be good. And yep. she was amazing. Um, then you have like Juju Smith-Schuster, who dominated mm-hmm. at USC, obviously was good in the NFL. I'm sure there's someone I'm forgetting about. Yeah, Juju Mitchell for a flash. Juju Mitchell was a big player Very for Very impactful, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you. So uh, there's a longstanding kind of bit on the Bronco show about how I overanalyze names, but mm-hmm. <laughs> names matter. They do matter. Um... So Julian Lewis, 2023, was a finalist for the Gatorade National Player of the Year Award. He was the Max Preps National Sophomore of the Year. Um, he helped his team, which is Carrollton High School, go 11-2. and two. They reached the Georgia 6A State Finals last year. Completed 66% of his passes for just over 3,000 yards. 48 touchdowns to two interceptions. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he went 14-1 and his freshman year in 2022. Uh, went to the Georgia 6A state title game. Also had 48 touchdowns that year, but only through 12 or through 12 interceptions. Brought that down to two. So he's up to, what, 96 uh, to 14 over the last two years. <laughs> yes. Insane. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, he just went and uh, visited Auburn this last weekend. He's got Colorado coming up this weekend. And then Georgia's the next team. I think that might be coming the week after. All that to say, he's still a USC commit. He committed a while ago. Yeah. It's interesting, though. He's, like, running, you know, doing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Going to check out everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting his options laid out. And, man, I just think it would send a serious message if Colorado were able to get Juju Watkins. Or, sorry, uh, Juju Lewis. <laughs> I would have loved for Colorado to get Juju Watkins. As They'd well. be unstoppable yes, if they had Juju yes. Watkins. I want to let's uh, set a little side a little time to talk about them later. I did. Okay, <laughs> you need to check the rundown. All right, all right. I see it. I got yeah, everything I have it in open. There. I just hadn't read that far. <laughs> I like to live in the moment. You know. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> he committed to USC on August twenty second. Um, so he was hadn't even started his sophomore year of high school yet, or just did. Crazy. Which is insane. So that's like right when they hired Lincoln Riley, he committed? No, this was last offseason. Right. Wouldn't that? Oh, no, no, no. That would have been one year into Lincoln yeah. Riley. But still, like, I mean, he wants, he sounds like kind of like Bryce, where he wants to get it done mm-hmm. and he wants to just start building a class around him. Obviously, the Buffs missed out on Bryce, but now literally the next best quarterback is Juju Lewis. Is there any reporting out there as to why? This kind of sudden opening of recruitment. Um, I can pull up this article here from our guy Steve Wiltfong. Is he our guy? Is he is he in the club? Is he crossed us in any way? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I think Steve's been pretty solid. Okay. Throughout this whole thing, he hasn't gone out of his way to like bash Colorado or anything. He just does his job. Are we sure? I am pretty damn <laughs> sure. <laughs> if anything, I, these people would know. 
Yeah, I know. I was waiting for the uh, for the chat to come in and be like, nope. Uh, on October 2nd, <laughs> he tweeted, what's going on at Colorado or something after <laughs> right. someone hit the portal. Let us know. If you've caught uh, Steve Wiltfong slacking on Colorado, let us know in the comments. Um, I don't really see anything here. Okay. He's had, uh, so this came out January 18th, which I think was, so that was Thursday. He said he had Lincoln Riley at his high school on Thursday. And now he's just got three other visits. Interesting. And then, of course, USC lost Malachi Nelson, mm -hmm. um, who was kind of their heir apparent. Yep. Um, college football. Who's going to be their quarterback next year? Was there something? Did you see something come out about how um, Kalen DeBoer wasn't letting players out of their NLI? Like at, Alabama signees? Really? Yeah. But as we talked about last week, they can just enter the portal. Right. But it's like people are like, ah, oh, this is kind of poor form by Kalen DeBoer. I, I just saw one tweet about it, so I don't know if that's necessarily. I true. haven't heard that. I mean, if I was him, though, I'd try doing everything I can to keep that roster together. You have to. Everyone's in trouble, except for somehow Arizona. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. And there was the tweet that came out that was like, Fafita and McMillan turned down Alabama, all caps Alabama for Arizona. And it's like, you, sh you showed me that tweet three weeks ago that means something. Now I'm kind of just like, eh. Oh, because it's DeBoer? Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, if they all stuck together, they'd be really good. Yep. Instead of taking the risk and jumping to another team. Yeah. This one this one's hard for me because I really wanted Arizona to get decimated. Uh, because they're a legitimate, you know, contender for the Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh the other side of it though is like it's pretty cool. Uh that those guys banded together, the pretty much the best players on the team. And I gotta give it to them. That's really cool. It's they could have gone anywhere. They could have secured the bag, and they said, "You know what? Fuck Jed Fish. <laughs> yeah, let's show that this was us yep. that built this program, not him." And man, hats off to him. Hats off to him. It's a uh, we uh, we accept the challenge. We do. I can't imagine how stoked you would be if you're an Arizona fan, though, and that happens in this day and age. At this point, like you don't even care about Jed Fish leaving. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he was a good coach. He took that program from nothing and made them into something, but, like, there's still something. Yeah. A lot of times, you lose your coach, you lose everyone, you're starting from ground zero, and now they're way more well-positioned than Jed Fish is at, at Washington. Mm -hmm. Well, and now San Jose State guys are entering the portal, I'm seeing, and some of their best players, Arizona beat reporters are already saying, watch this guy and stuff, so... They might even be still loading up. And they seems like the team that got screwed the most in this whole situation yeah. a week ago. Hats off to them. Those guys will be uh, legends. I don't know how often you want to go back to Tucson, but when they go back to <laughs> Tucson, uh, they'll never pay for a drink or a meal ever again. You ever been to Tucson? Like, not for a game? No. Like to just hang out in Tucson? I've been for a game. It's a, it's a city in America. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's not much. <laughs> um, the other thing I went to the I went to a basketball game there, and I'm telling you, other than the student section, every single person in the stadium was over 60 years old. 
I've heard it compared to Albuquerque a lot for multiple <laughs> reasons. <laughs> nice and warm. Um, the other thing we have to talk about here, we got a commitment last week. It was kind of an under-the-radar one. Yep. Um, he kind of just showed up on campus. I had people sending me, you know, he's here, he's here, but he never said anything. And then it came out, I think, on Thursday also that Herman Smith, former JSU safety, former Idaho State safety as well, committed to Colorado. Yeah. Do we know... Was this official, official transfer, scholarship player, scholarship. all that stuff? Yep. Nice. Yep. Good for official. him, man. Um, what can you tell me about him? I can tell chat, you. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, let me know in the chat. I've only got stuff here. Um, I had to dig on the Idaho State website for these stats, by the way. Played in seven games last year, 20 total tackles, one TFL, uh, two pass breakups. That's really about it. Um, so it seemed like maybe some injury or something if he only played seven games. Okay. Idaho State Bengals. Did you see the logo? No. <laughs> I knew that one, though. We've played them in the last 10 years. Is that what they are? You can. I have no on. idea. I'm 99% confident. Wow. Benny the Bengal is their guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, he entered the portal after 2022 and Coach Prime left JSU. Uh, at JSU in 22. He had 26 total tackles, one TFL, uh, one sack, one forced fumble, one interception, and three pass breakups. He was a part of that super strong safety group where we were like, they've got like five of them. How many are we getting? Yep. It's just a year delayed for him, though. Yeah, kind of interesting. Um, and for what it's worth, the only reason I asked about the scholarship is because usually these under-the-radar kind of transfers um, – there's a reason for it. So I thought when mm -hmm. I when I just saw like I think he just posted a picture of like his locker. Yeah. And it was like, "Oh, he's just here." Yeah. You almost expect a, well, if it was a scholarship guy, we would have heard about it. Mm -hmm. Um but good for him, man. And it, it's not as if they hit on 100% um of Jackson State transfers, but I trust when Coach Prime and his staff has had their eyes on someone, they want them for a reason. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I don't. I have no idea what's going on with his eligibility. In JSU in 22, he's listed as a sophomore, and then on last year's roster for Idaho State, he's listed as a freshman. So he's getting younger. <laughs> Just ben Benjamin Button playing with Benny the Bengal. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but, yeah, now that he adds to what is still, I think, a pretty stacked Colorado safety room. We're going to see, I think, something pretty similar to what we saw last year where, you know, we may have a different nickel starting every week or someone next to Shiloh starting every week. They're just going to keep rotating. I mean, seriously, we've got like six, seven guys. Jaden Milliner-Jones, Shiloh, uh, Trevor, I assume, is still in the fold. Yep. Cam, Slusher. Uh, that's just off the top of my head. Who am I forgetting? Um, He's probably playing in the slop at Preston Hodge as part right? of that group. Yep. Um, I mean they've got tons and they <laughs> used them last year if you remember shiloh really missed did. a game i think trevor woods missed a game or two mm -hmm. um so it's not a position where you uh where you hate having good depth no doubt well no position would you hate having good depth but especially with the way that the they like their safeties playing which is fast hard hitting getting in the mix um it's not a bad idea to be stocked up there. Uh, Vito Tisdale, too. I guess you can throw in there. Oh, yeah. Did he play at all last year? I don't think so. 
I can't remember. I, was he coming off an ACL? I can't remember. No, uh, I don't know. All right. Um, sorry. I just asked where would where will Trevor Woods play? It's to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he moves back to safety. I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks at linebacker. Yep. We'll just have to wait and find out. It'll be interesting. I know he's a polarizing figure um, <laughs> around the these least. parts, yeah. but I don't think anyone can doubt that he is a a good football player. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the way his coaches talk about him, the big thing, oh, Travis J. Um, Travis, yep. The big thing that is always referenced when they talk about Trevor Woods is his football IQ. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that you want to have on the field. Yeah. So he'll find his way out there if, if he gets those opportunities. I mean, he was able to come in as a true freshman and contribute right away. I know it was a bad team, but anytime you're able to do that and stick out like that as a true freshman, you got something. Yep. Shout out to our great friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Come down to the DMVR bar, hang out with us, uh, knock back a couple Breck brews. We got tons of flavors on tap and in can here at the DMVR bar. You can try some of our favorites in the Avalanche Amber Ale, Mountain Beach Sour, Mile High City Golden Ale, Broncos Country Pale Ale. You can also check out their beer locator at www.breckbrew.com. And you can find a Breck brew near you. Shout out to the homies over there. Yes. Also, and by the way, we're having a... uh Watch party at the bar this week if you want to come down and drink some Breck Brews. Tomorrow, right? I thought it was Thursday. Is it Thursday? I think it's Thursday, but uh, they're giving away two tickets to the Nuggets Sixers game. So that'll be fun. Uh, And also a shout-out to Illegal Pete's, our go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. And, man, it's just so good. It's the best. It's so good. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, the best fast casual burrito chain out there. Without a doubt. It's local to Colorado. There's a couple of spots outside of Colorado, but it started here. Uh, and you know me, I always support those types of businesses. So mm-hmm. go down to Illegal Pete's, get you some reverse nachos, steak queso burrito, steak and potato burrito, steak potato and queso burrito, whatever it is. What uh, check out our about. friends over at Illegal Pete's. It's delicious. The goats. All right. Uh, a few things to note here in segment three or segment two. Uh, we'll start with this. We finally have news about the Big 12 schedule. A week from tomorrow, we will have it. January 30th, we will find out exactly when and where Colorado will be playing every single football game this Let's next season. Go. Yep. I'm really excited for that. Uh, I we, am too. Do we know what time they're releasing it? No. Uh, Max Olson put out a tweet just saying it's uh, supposed to be on the 30th. Um, so we'll find out. Okay. I was going to say we could do like a reveal show if we know what time it's coming out. If not, we'll just talk about it on the show. Um, very excited for that. Also a bit of news. Um, Lance Hurd did commit to Tennessee. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I kind of prepared everyone for that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, that Tennessee was doing that thing where they weren't going to lose the bidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you meant the you, you raise their paddle. There's as you're raising your paddle. There's is already halfway up. Well, the point you had where it's like they were obviously in it for Jordan Seaton. They didn't get him, so now they have all these extra nil funds to use elsewhere. Yep, and they needed a tackle. They did. Um, yeah, that was a bummer. 
Uh, Colorado had Jack Wilty into the portal right before we went live, too. So there's another spot opened up, offensive lineman out the door. And is he grad transfer? Yeah, somehow. I, I It makes <laughs> no sense to me, bro. I thought he joined last year as a grad. Well, you can be you're still a grad. But he then he enters today and he says he has two years left. Like, how many years does he, do you get? I don't know. I mean, our guy Tyler Brown has two years left. Yeah, Tyler didn't graduate yet, though. That's true. But, I mean, he's been in college for a while. He has, yeah. Um, yeah, just so everyone knows, we've gone over this before, but grad transfers don't have rules. Yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yep. It's kind of like real life. Once you graduate, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why he's entering the portal at the uh, end of January here. And he can commit and go to a school whenever he wants. Yep. He is completely able to just... Do whatever he wants at this point. Same as any other graduate, too. Wish him the best. Yeah, best of luck to him. I think he started only one game last year for Colorado. And then um, we didn't really get a chance to talk about this, but Coach Prime and RG3, the podcast, Coach said on there, down to three defensive coordinator candidates. Man, <laughs> what a saga this has been. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, and Business Buff said he gets to move because the coach moved. That only applies to head coaches. Yep. So position coaches don't apply there. Uh, anyways. He gets to move because he's a grad. Yes. You can just do whatever you want. This defensive coordinator thing has been so interesting. And Coach Prime has been teasing and teasing. And, um, you know, when we had Neely in, he was teasing. And mm -hmm. Carl Reed's been throwing out some teasers. It's <laughs> like, to this day, I talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, from all different aspects of the program and areas of whatever. No one knows. I mean, a couple people know, and they're not saying. It's amazing to me this <laughs> hasn't leaked in, like, any way. It's, it shows, uh, honestly, the respect that Coach Prime garners mm -hmm. and the reason why he trusts the people that he trusts. Um, he, you know... He shares information only with the people that he trusts the absolute most. And if, if he requests, I don't want any of this leaking, it won't leak. And if it does, that person will be out of the trust circle real quick. I respect it. Um, it just shows kind of to that point, just the admiration he has in that building, I think, and among his peers, just people really respect him. Um, they respect how he approaches his team and team building so much that like, it really is wild to me that we just haven't seen a leak of any kind on this. When the NFL, you know, you have to report every time you interview a coach or something, and that's all out in the public. And in college football, it's, you know, the plane tracking, all this stuff. People figure stuff out really easily. Yet, like, one of the most important hires on this team has just been under wraps. It's pretty impressive. Totally. Um, and Coach Prime also referenced in there that some of those candidates – we're still taking NFL interviews mm -hmm. and that really throws a wrench in the gears of everything. And, and it's an interesting thing that I don't think Colorado fans are used to, which is like, if you just wanted to go hire the defensive coordinator from, I don't just throw out a random school, Nevada. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a good year and they're getting promoted up to Colorado. You probably could have got that deal done pretty quick. Easily. But when you're shooting for the stars, and you might not potentially be the, 
I don't know if the best option is the probably the highest paying mm-hmm. is a better way of putting it. Or, you know, if you're an NFL coach and you, you feel like you have a spot in the NFL, you want to see if you could stay in the NFL, it changes things. And so from everything we've heard, Coach Prime has three people on his on his radar that are big time moves. But because of that, you have to be a little more patient uh, and see how things shake out a little bit. I People are getting antsy over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pretty good feeling that whenever this is done, people won't. We'll look back and laugh that everyone was so antsy over it. Yeah, it'll be one of those things that you hear and you go, oh, well, that now all, all of a sudden this kind of makes sense. Everything that's happened over the last few weeks. We, are, of course, are down to four NFL teams left remaining. Uh, the Eagles just fired their defensive coordinator, so there's still a lot of shuffling and stuff going around. I think uh, Ben Johnson, right, the Lions OC, he's still interviewing like crazy and stuff. So it's the coaching carousel is still moving, very much so. Um, Harbaugh, of course, too. We'll see what happens there. You got any predictions? I have no idea. I, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about Lovey Smith now? Are we are we done with Lovey Smith? Is, no. is that out? I don't think so. No. Um, I fully accept the potential that I could be completely off and totally wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to guess the three, guess, I would say Lovey Smith is one, mm-hmm. Jim Leonard is one, and Al Harris is one from the Cowboys. Okay. Again, I'm guessing. Yeah. But those are my guesses. Um, I don't think there's anyone else. Someone said Christian Parker in the comments. He's the defensive backs coach for the Broncos, right? Or cornerbacks coach? Yep, yep. Defensive backs, um, really upcoming young name in the NFL. And because of that, unless he, you know, is a big, you know, wants to get back into the college football game, likes working with younger people, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, he's pretty close to getting a NFL defensive coordinator job. So yeah. I think it would be hard to pull him. We'll see. I, we keep hearing also that this is going to be a few days soon. <laughs> and here we go. Another week goes by. Coach Prime's not in a rush. He's not. And to, I said this to someone on Twitter this week, but like at this point, there really isn't a reason to be in the, in a rush. Mm-hmm. The transfer portal is closed. Um, recruiting is in the early stages for next season. You can't practice. So basically what you would do is you would have this coach give his playbook out. I think that's allowed. Mm-hmm. Come in and, and send the playbook out. That's more important on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Um, there's not much going on right now. So while we all want to have the D.C. so we could start talking about them and study mm-hmm. their tape and all of that stuff, there's nothing is being hurt by not having a defensive coordinator right now. I mean, coaches taking winter vacations to Vail and stuff right now. Like, yep. it's it's definitely one of the more chill points of the offseason. As you said, we're not even playing football or practicing right now, too. So Exactly. Just fighting over sprints. That is true. Uh, shout out to our great friends over at Snarf's, uh, Snarf Sandwiches and Snarf Burger. Absolutely delicious. They just do not miss... Um, in either department, tons of our favorite sandwiches include the pastrami. Uncle Neely loves the hot dog sandwich. <laughs> um, 
What were it's you? True. Turkey and provolone. What was yours? Turkey and prove is hitting right now. I'm actually on keto, so I'm on a little break. They, and speaking of that, they have great salads. There you go. Hit them big, up. Like big salads. I love when you order a salad and you're like, this is going to be my meal. And yep. it's like huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they deliver on the salads as well at Snarks. You're not a lettuce wrap sandwich guy? I am, but it's a periodic thing. Mm-hmm. Like I could eat a regular sandwich for lunch every single day for the rest of my yes. life. Um, lettuce wrap sandwich, maybe once a week. That's fair. I don't dabble in the lettuce wrap, so I just eat sandwiches almost every day. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but shout out to Snarfs. Go check them out. They're in Denver, all over Denver. They're in Boulder as well. Um, we love Snarfs. We do. Game time. And also game time. Shout out to game time. The absolute best place to get in tickets to the game, especially if you want to wait till the last minute or if the game is sold out. Jake, we found out uh, last week that you guys, Buffs fans, um, absolutely delivered when it came to game time. Mm-hmm. We, we told you about it. You guys used it. And almost, actually, I shouldn't even say almost. Every single person who has reached out to me saying they used game time for an event was in love with the user experience, yep. felt like they got a good deal. All of the above, game time is the best. So go over to game time, create an account, use the code B-U-F-F-S, that's buffs, at game time, and get yourself into the game or the concert. Uh, you need game time to get into these buffs basketball games because they've been selling out like crazy, yeah. women's especially. Yes, uh, let's talk about it because what a weekend it was for CU basketball. They go three and one combined. Uh, the women lost on Friday. Yeah. So UCLA. Yep. That was a bummer. Um, first of all, shout out to, uh, our, one of our great listeners, Laura, um, who was like the official sponsor of the game. Uh, and she had kind of like an event before the game at the Coors event center, mm-hmm. CU event center. And invited Allie and I. We stopped by. We got to meet her and her husband. Uh, it was a great event. Um, and so thank you to them for, and thank you to Laura for inviting us. Um, had some, ha, we, we sat courtside for the game, which was sick. Yeah. Uh, it was so electric in there. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is so cool to me that Boulder and CU fans at large have not hesitated for a second mm-hmm. when it came to supporting this team. Yep. Um, the support got up last year, but like the second that everyone realized like, oh, this team is the truth, the support started coming. Yep. And so to uh, sell out Friday night's game, I think is a huge testament to Colorado fans. Unfortunately, the game was ruined by one ref uh, who for some reason had an ax to grind and I'm being so serious. <laughs> like, oh gosh. <laughs> I have never seen a single ref have a worse game than she did. Really? I couldn't believe my eyes. Wow. <laughs> um, of course, I, you know, I lost my voice just yelling. Courtside screamer, yeah. huh? Wow, yeah. that I, guy. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I was left no choice. I, I, I had to say something. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the thing I had the biggest issue with was... She was making calls out of her jurisdiction. Oh, yeah. That's annoying. And so I was actually mostly yelling at the other guys. Mm -hmm. I was like, 
you're just going to let the other ref take all of your calls and just walk all over you the whole game? Yeah. They didn't answer. Pack 12 refs, man. I, I just couldn't believe my – I was shook. It was like at one point it felt like eight possessions in a row she called a foul or a like a violation of sorts. Well, two more months and then we have Big 12 refs who – I don't want to say it, but all refs can are bad. It get much worse than this. All refs are bad. I've come to they this are. realization in my 31st year on this earth. I guess it would be my 32nd year on this earth. Um, you turning 32 this year or yeah. 33? I'm turning 32. I hope. So you're 31. Yes, but it is my 32nd <laughs> trip around the sun. Oh, uh, why are we doing math <laughs> on this show? <laughs> uh, anyways. I uh, I have realized that all refs are bad. It's a really hard job. No conference, no league, no like. Have you ever heard some like someone be like, "Oh man, <laughs> I love our refs. SEC refs, they're great." I've never heard it in my life. Or like NBA, NHL. Everyone's like, no one understands the rules. The refs are just doing whatever they want. Yeah, feels like they have an axe to grind. Some games, they're taking care of the Chiefs, mm-hmm. like whatever it may be. Um, I. All I've heard is the Pac-12 refs get called out a lot. Refs have a hard job. They do get called out in any sport, any league. But Pac-12 refs were a meme for a reason. I think that meme is just in our world. And then when we go to the Big 12, that'll just be a new meme that we see all the time. I feel like when I'd see like bowl games get announced and it's like between a Big 10 team and an ACC team and it's like Pac-12 refs, they're like, oh, shit, here we go. Yep. Um, I guess we'll finish out on the women's team. The game yesterday. What a... Just back and forth, like, it was a clash of titans. It really was. And I don't know if you saw my tweet about this, but this was my main takeaway from the weekend. And it makes me love this team even more. They're not as talented as these teams. Mm -hmm. They don't have these players like Juju Watkins who can, like, cross you up and hit a fadeaway. Yep. Um, Jalen Sherrod is a fantastic point guard. Uh, and she gets to the rack at will. She's kind of like Ty Lawson esque. Mm-hmm. If you remember him, like just speed, speed, speed. Yep. Um, you know, her jumper can be inconsistent. Um, Frida, obviously a knockdown shooter, but you saw this weekend, like two teams just said like, we're not letting her get an open look. I don't think she had an open shot all no. weekend. Um, they don't have that. They don't have someone who can just like take you. And because of that, they have to win in other ways, and it, it's so exciting to watch because it's just like they win with offensive execution, like mm-hmm. running their offense, calling plays, getting layups that way, um, and then just tenacious defense. They yep. fly around. Um, as Coach Payne said, Kendall Weta, best defender in America. Mm-hmm. Jalen's also a dog on that side. Yep. Uh, interior, Quay, uh, Aaronette, like they just defend so well. And then I think more than anything, they are the epitome of team. Um, You know, we talked with Neely. We talked with Tyler Brown. It's been a a theme of the early kind of new chapter for the the football team. It is togetherness Mm -hmm. and how important that is. Uh, And this team, if you want to go study what it looks like to be together as a team, go watch them. There's never any finger pointing. Um, they're communicating on the court at like an elite level. Um, they're, you know, always lifting each other up. It's it's special and rare. Uh, and it's one of those things that like 
you look back when a team does something really special and you look back and you're like, we should have known because of that. Right. And that's exactly what this is. Not to de- uh, sidetrack us too much, but like another example is Saturday, the Avs are playing the Flyers. Both Nathan McKinnon and Logan O'Connor had two goals. The net is empty. The puck comes right to Nathan McKinnon's blade. He's at the blue line. He could have skated in and just dropped it himself. He looks out, finds Logan O'Connor. Instead of taking the hat trick for himself, mm-hmm. passes it off to Logan. Logan gets the first career hat, first hat trick of his career. Yeah. And it's just like, jot that down. Because that's the things that like special teams do. Yeah. Uh, the women's team has beaten three top 10 teams this season. First time in school history. Four top 15 teams. And their next game on the 26th will be against number 25, Oregon State. That's on Friday. They hung on to number three, too, uh, despite taking the L to UCLA on uh, Friday. Um, They hung tough in that game, only lost by eight. And then they beat USC by four, retained that top four ranking. I think USC was up to, or uh, UCLA was up to number two now. Yeah, they jumped us to number two. I think that's fair. Only thing I'll say is they didn't deserve to win that game. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I think we would beat them on a neutral court. Let's go. Uh, they do take on UCLA third to last game of the year, February the 26th. Yep. On the men's side of things, though, I think w- this was the best two-game stretch of Cody Williams' young career oh. so far. He is. Yeah, he's unlocked. He's ridiculous. Yes. Did you, did you watch the Oregon State game? Yep. That, like, it was late in the game. It was already over. But they, uh, Oregon State's, like, inbounding the ball. And Cody just, like, he's got these ridiculously Dude. long arms. He's like a 7'6 wingspan. Yeah, he gets the steal, like, turns around the guy all while dribbling the ball away from him and just go up and two hands flushes it down. Yeah. He is in just incredible. Well, in, in the early stages, he had that poster dunk mm-hmm. uh, where he can just, like, take the ball. Like, he can reach the <laughs> yeah. ball, like, four feet away from the defender and then yep. just yam it on him. Uh, he's awesome in that. But the real thing here, Jake, is shooting oh yeah um, let me just make sure i get these numbers right i got them right here but what did he shoot against oregon 10 of 13 3 of 4 from three point land okay uh career high 23 points in that game and then i think he was two for three uh against oregon state from three yep so that's five of eight am i correct no five of uh five of seven five of seven yep. from three and He's not going to be able to keep shooting at that clip. But if players and teams have to honor mm-hmm. the three-point line for Cody Williams, his slashing ability and his ability to get to the rim is so elite that it makes him kind of an unguardable player. Yep. Uh, he and KJ were unstoppable in that Oregon game. Uh, they combined for a 17 of 28 shots from the uh, from the floor. 69 points? Um, no, they were 45 points in okay. that game. Oh, maybe it was... It might be total the whole weekend. weekend, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, They combined for 29 in the blowout over Oregon State. So even a little more. That game was kind of a Tristan game. Tristan wasn't really good in the Oregon game until like the last... Four minutes. Yeah, last, I don't know. Yeah, probably 10 minutes of the second half. Um, He hit the go-ahead shot. He ended up with 13 in that game. Luke O'Brien, I thought, had a great weekend too. You talk about someone like Jalen Sherrod, who's like a spark plug. That's Luke O'Brien for this team. Yeah, or even like Kendall, who comes off the bench. Right it's what makes them frustrating mm-hmm. because when they put it together, they beat teams 90 to 57. <laughs> right. Um, when they fall it apart, they lose to Cal. Mm-hmm. 
So it's their ceiling is so high, and it's never ha- it's never really happened for Tad Boyle. You're just like crossing your fingers. Can they hit their peak at the right time? It is nice that they are trending in the right direction. We're still really early in the Pac-12 season. Um, from talking to Tyler Ziskin, who's kind of like a nerd when it comes to bracketology, mm-hmm. he said they're still probably just outside. He's like, if they could win one road game, they're in. Well, they get that opportunity this weekend. Um, I love this team. I really want them to be able to go and play in the tournament. I think I saw projections before Thursday's Oregon game that they – I didn't even see them in the next four out. So they do have some work to do. They've got – they take on two good teams this week. Mm -hmm. Um, They're headed up to Washington. They'll take on – uh, Washington on Wednesday, and then on Saturday, I believe, they take on Washington State. Swept them, though, at home. Mm-hmm. You just got to get one. Eventually, you'd like them to somehow sweep a road trip. It's three-game road trip. They take Utah uh, on the 3rd of February, too. Okay. Um, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to take two in a row on the road in college basketball unless you're a Kansas, Duke, Kentucky type. Right. Um. But just get one, in my opinion, beat Washington or Washington State on the road, mm-hmm. and uh, you're back in a good position. Uh, so another big week of hoops coming up. We'll be talking about this one later in the week and early next week as well. Um, I want to rant. Uh-oh. I want to rant. Angry Jake? We've seen this thing come up uh, a handful of times this football season. We haven't seen it in Colorado yet, or for Colorado football yet. But this touchback rule, it drives me insane, the people who want to change this rule. And apparently there's momentum for it. It it blows me, it blows me away because I feel like you're messing with the foundation of the game when you mess with this rule. I'm not even Speak joking. Speak on it. Speak on it. So... Um, what game was it yesterday? It the was Chiefs Bills game? Chiefs. Bills Chiefs game. I can't remember the play exactly. I think it was McCall Hardman who had it. Tackled near the goal line. He's going down, fumbles the ball, and it dribbles over the goal line out of bounds. Mm-hmm. What a play by uh, Jordan Poyer to knock it loose. Exactly. What a play by the defense. Yep. And everyone, of course, <laughs> it happens. They go on Twitter. Oh, I don't like this rule. We should change this rule that's been in the game for hundreds, a hundred of years at this point, blah, blah, blah. You cannot change this rule. You change this rule, you mess with the de- like definition of what a fumble is, what out of bounds is, and what the importance of defending the goal line is. Mm-hmm. You can't do this, especially the people who say, give it back to the offense. That's just not how it works. Yeah. Do you ever play tug of war in NCAA football? Yes. This is how I think of this rule. So when you play tug of war, it's one play at a time, right? You're going back and forth, mm-hmm. taking the yep. field from each other. For those of you who play the updated version now, it's uh, like overtime of superstar KO. Okay. It's tug of war. You, you basically push them back, and then you got to take the snap from the next set, and then you go back. You can have the whole field taken from you, but the goal line is always yours. You do not lose that part of the field. You defend that line with your life which is why you see people flying around. Uh, Pete Carroll used to talk about this, defend every blade of gla- uh, grass theory. Mm-hmm. That's like how I see the game. Like yep. You should defend the goal line like that. So when the ball crosses over and it goes out of bounds in the end zone, 
That is our end zone. We are defending that. If you lose it in there, that is ours. Right. You can't give it back to them. I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm a convert. I used to be a, this rule is dumb. I'm guessing I felt that way because it negatively impacted my team at some point. Sure. Uh, <laughs> which is how I started on that train. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think that around the goal line, I like everything being of heightened importance. Yes. Um, every down counts for a little more. Every inch literally counts for a little more. And I, I just don't think you should be allowed to be like willy nilly with trying to extend the ball over mm-hmm. the line or whatever. Like there's so many rules that benefit offense. Yes. I like that this rule makes the offense think twice before they're loose with the ball around the goal line. I like your tug of war anal- uh, analogy. What was the old game we used to play? Capture the flag. Yeah. You know, and like if you got caught on the other side, like you, yeah, you were out. You got you sent back or you can't move, whatever it is. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like you lost the ball into our territory. Yes. Now it belongs to us. Exactly. This is, this is our base. Yes. Like we have to protect it with everything we have. Yes. And you just fumbled the ball into our base. Now mm. it's ours. What about this, Jake? Adopt the rule from all the other sports. Whoever the ball touched last before it goes out of bounds no. goes to the other team. No. <laughs> no. No. How electric would that be, though? Can we see it in, like, I don't know, like USFL or something? I, I'd be willing there, yes. <laughs> test it there. Don't test it in college football in the NFL, though. I mean, this would stick with your point. It would just make fumbling so much more penalized. It would. <laughs> Could you imagine that, like... Someone's fumbling it, and they're like, instead of like going for it, they're trying to box out yeah. the other team so it rolls out of <laughs> Push bounds. it like a punt. They're pushing the other team like towards it. And stuff. Whoever it touched last, the other team's ball. Look, um, what about just, this? One more proposal. Uh huh. If you have the ball mm-hmm. and you go into your own end zone, it's two points for the other team, right? Right. What about that? You fumble the ball into their end zone, mm. two points to them. I like that. I don't mind that. <laughs> no one no one will go for that because they already think it's too heavily penalized just giving you the ball. Right. But what if it's two points, but then you get the ball back instead of like a safety where you have to lose two points and punt it? So we're getting in the weeds here. I saw a tweet that said for a safety, instead of you getting two points, it should take two points away from the other team. I think it's a great point. I mean, it makes more sense, right? Yes, yes. Um, it doesn't... It wouldn't really change anything, though. No, I know, but... Like from what about the, for, it would change everything for betting. It really you imagine would, yeah. you hit the over and then they go <laughs> get a safety and he's back under. <laughs> yeah, overs used to be like set in stone when they happened. Could yep. you imagine losing an over like that? Be a riot. That is the uh, the thrill of taking an under. It's never safe. Like people, they bring up uh, the out of bounds. Like when a fumble goes out of bounds between the sidelines and it stays with the team or whatever. But they have the rules about advancing fumbles and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I hated the one yesterday that the Bills got on the first play. Because, like, the ball went, like, an inch forward, so mm-hmm. it's illegal batting. Yeah. Just put it back where he hit it, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, t- it's really touch and go with stuff like that. Well, but. the point of that rule is so you can't be, like, on third and nine, or in third and nine, and you get eight yards and then just throw right. the ball a yard forward, which makes perfect sense. I just don't. I don't think you necessarily have to penalize it other than just right where it left your hand is where mm-hmm. it's down. Well, and that's like what I, when people are like the offense should get the ball back if they fumble into the end zone, it's like, 
all right then, if it's third and goal and 30 seconds left, I'm just throwing the ball into the end zone so I can get the ball back after if we don't get it. Why not? I don't think that would work. Well, that's what people are saying. If you fumble to the end zone, I should get the ball back. I also, I would hear out the rule of uh, you have to go back to the 20. No. No. I'm, I, Offense does not get the ball back in those. That should never happen. I'm on your side. But what I don't want to see is like ball goes back to the spot of the fumble. Absolutely That would not. be atrocious. Yes. I kind of like the whole like, it's like 21, you go over, you're back to 13 or whatever. Like you got to go back to the 20 yard line. No, and no, 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 no. Whatever. I guess you would have to give them a new set of downs. That exactly. Can't do that. See? Uh, last thing we have. Let's see if you get the video. Um, we're going to do this more often here. The most college football thing that we saw over the weekend. The number one rule of the most college football thing we saw over the weekend is that it doesn't have anything. It doesn't have to have anything to do with college football. But... Uh, I mean, the fact that this is Colorado hockey doing this too, it's so lit. Okay, so we we were we jumped the gun a little bit here, but uh, I believe his name is Blake Blevins. I think so, yep. Scored a goal here to tie the game up. and I think they're playing Mizzou. Throws up the Shador. Probably the hardest hockey selly of all time. What, I mean, skating on one skate. The one skate, take the glove off. Flip the Shador was unreal. <laughs> and honestly, like, if anyone knows this man, I want his jersey. Yes. I will pay him good money for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Give uh, Hook me up with Blake Blevins, if that's his name. Missouri State is who they were playing. Uh, DNVR NIL deal <laughs> plus cash for his jersey that he was wearing in that moment. <laughs> Um, what a legendary moment. Um, I forgot what else I was going to say. about. Last week, game. I wanted to do most college football thing we saw. Uh, <laughs> and it was Rodney Terry. I think his name is the coach of Texas freaking out about, um, yep, Rodney Terry. Who'd they lose to? Oh UCF. my gosh. Yes. UCF. UCF throwing up horns down. Which is, as Jake has once said, this is a horns down podcast always. 100%. Uh, horns down is one of the greatest parts of college football. And the fact that he had this little like hissy fit over it. They all do. All of Texas does I this. I know. It makes everyone want to do it more. Exactly. So I've been telling Allie for years when it comes to her little brothers. It's like, they're doing that just to get a reaction <laughs> out of you. Every time you give them that reaction... It makes them want to do it again. Uh-huh. You just don't give them the reaction. <laughs> like if Texas fans just didn't stop, just stopped caring about horns down, people would be bored of it. Yeah. The best part of horns down is it makes Texas fans upset. So we're going to keep doing it. And 100%. It was crazy that he did this whole thing about how like, we don't do that here. We have class. Well, it's like, bro, you were just cursing out college kids for doing a, a harmless hand symbol. And then they won their next game. He in that thing, he's like, "When we win, we don't act like we won the national championship." They won their <laughs> their next game on like a buzzer beater, and their whole you know, it looked like they won the national yeah. championship. I did think that line was a little funny, though. I don't know if it was intentional, but just to dig at UCF for winning the national championship. Oh, he that was not. I know, but <laughs> I thought it was funny. Still, so. anyways, horns down as often as possible. 
Uh, 100%. Horns down verified. Uh, and I think someone asked. I think Colorado did end up winning that hockey game as well. Oh, hell yeah. I was actually worried about that. No, I think waiting for the that was the, the game-winning goal. Like they, no, I think... I think in the, you can hear in the call, he says he ties the game. Oh, he tied it with that I think one? he okay. tied it like 4-4 four, four or something. Um, either way, get ready for more of these because uh, there's, some, there's some people that need to be held accountable with this stuff. <laughs> you had the best tweet about the, uh, the Shador Selly. Uh-huh. Where you were like, I can't stop thinking about how I hard literally this goes. couldn't. I couldn't either. It was like you said exactly what I was thinking about. I was like, I watched it probably like 40 times. Why? I don't know why. It's just sick. Well, so that that clip came out and it was right when the Oregon State game started. So I put it out on the Buffs account and I kept seeing it in like the in the account coming up, like people like it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I go, Oh, let's watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> let's watch it again. Yes. <laughs> let's watch it again. Yes. Um by the way, that uh, just reminded me that I did run into Shador and Jordan Seaton, mm-hmm. Khalil Benson, Justin Myers, um, Chidoze, Wonkwo, all of them uh, pulled up to the game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked the longest with Justin, um, and uh, we had a good talk, man. I told him, welcome home. He said he's loving it so far. So it was great to see those guys. It's cool to see the, all those guys, uh, you know, out there hanging out together. They already seem way like closer knit than last year. Totally, 100%. for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just a lot of players coming in from all over the place, or there's already an established program here now. Or I what? mean, think about the what the line was at this point last year. There's all these guys that didn't end up staying around. Yeah, and so now yeah. it's like these are our guys. I love it, man. Um, it already just feels like we're what XL rugby says Colorado won Friday night, but Missouri state won Saturday and their guy did the Shador. Oh shit. <laughs> As a uh, Bucky would say, you're supposed to do that. Exactly. And only one went viral. I love, I love that line from Bucky. Cause I think about it all the time. Like when someone chirps <laughs> me back after something happens to us, I'm like, yep, that's what you're supposed to do. Yep. Good job. You, you got me by the, another one, uh, banger. Absolute bar from Bucky this week. Was <laughs> He's when been he quote cooking. tweeted the guy and like he had a long thing. But the last line was, "If I simply tell you about my day, you think I'm bragging." <laughs> I was like, "That's such a bar." <laughs> He's been crushing it, man. He's had some great tweets recently. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to questions. Chris says it's Mayers, not Myers. I've been going back and forth. It's one of those things where I, I wasn't sure, so I just do both. <laughs> We'll get to ask him soon enough. Yep. Uh, what's up, Steven? Says, is there any chance that Shador and or Travis defers the draft and plays in 2025? I would no. seriously doubt it. I think Shador could go first overall, and I think Travis is a top 10 pick lock. Speaking of first overall, by the way, really quick, Yahoo Sports projected Cody Williams yep. number one overall today. And Bleacher Report had a mock where Tristan and KJ were also in the first round. Yeah, like 19 and 21. Yeah. Crazy. Um, would Shador even have eligibility? Um, because he didn't, he wasn't there for COVID. No, and this will be his fourth straight yeah, year of starting. Four. So I don't think he, that's even an option for him. I mean, there's the grad transfer route, but at that point, I mean, we already know what Shador is. He's doesn't, he's not even going to entertain that. Yeah. 
Um, any news on Quincy Wiggins? Haven't heard or really seen him in any videos yet. He's there. I saw him. I mean, he's massive. <laughs> By the way, just one more thing on that. There's a legitimate chance that they go one, two. Shador and Travis. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Shador is going to be the best quarterback coming out. And Travis is going to be the best overall player coming out. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on how it shakes out with the teams and what they need. But that's not out of the question. Well, and J.J. McCarthy declared he was probably up there with Shador as one of the top quarterbacks for next year. Now it's really Shador, Cam Ward, Quinn Ewers. Um, I think Shador's better than all those guys. Yep. And the Broncos might be in a search. Uh, we'll see. Um, Quincy Wiggins, I'm pretty sure, is there, though. I saw him in a video when a lot of guys showed up. Uh, Payshon says, new DB coach, also from JSU. Do you know we got a new DB coach? No. <laughs> Either. I don't know. From Eric. Um, well, will Travis's snap count go down? I have to believe so. Played too much last season. It depends on what you think his snap count going down means. Um, because if we're talking his snap counts going down by like 5 to 10%, I believe that. If we're talking anything more, I don't think so. And it, and it has everything to do with the fact that Travis Hunter does not like being on the sideline. Exactly. Have you ever seen what he looks like during the game when he's on the sideline? It, he looks like a... Like a kid who's too old for their crib, but they're still in there, and they're <laughs> yeah. just like shaking. No. Yeah. like that's that's Travis. He's like standing there. He looks like a little annoyed. He's yeah. frustrated. He just like needs to be out there making plays. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I think you can cut his snaps. Uh, do we know? What, do you remember what his total snaps were? I don't. It was incredibly high, but I think you could cut him by max ten percent. It, I just think it's hard. It's hard to take your best player off the field, especially when he plays two positions and he wants to be doing that. Yep. Like, I just, there's this, there's no scenario when Travis Hunter's not on the field for Colorado that someone else is better out there in his place. No, definitely not. And did you see the video, I'm sure you did, of them doing the workouts and then Darius or Bucky just starts talking to him like right after like a hundred, a couple hundred yards of, yeah. of, of running? <laughs> yeah. He's not even, like, gasping for air. Forget sweating. Yeah. He's just talking normally. Well, and you watch him leading sprints in front of everyone, and it doesn't even look like the guy's breathing hard, and he's moving faster than every single person. Yeah. Um, I pointed it out when he was at the Nuggets game. Mm -hmm. Like, he was just moving the entire game. Like, the man just needs to, to be right. on the field. He can't stop. He just can't contain himself if he's not. Um, so like I said, 10% max. I think this is one of the reasons why the Stanford game was so hard for a lot of reasons. Cause obviously Travis just wasn't conditioned and able to be himself. Alyssa, can we get like a jar every time Jake brings up the Stanford game? He has to put like five bucks in it or something. I, I'm it's a defining <laughs> I'm game. I'm just saying like he obviously would have had a much greater impact if he was not coming off an injury and just much more conditioned in that game. Totally. Like, that's the difference between Travis Hunter when he's like himself and when he's, you know, I guess not playing his full role. 
Yeah, it goes into something I always talk about in the NFL. Of like, no one gives you the benefit of the doubt when you play hurt. Right. Like, second you're out there, everyone just expects you to be exactly. You. Yeah. Uh, it honestly like killed the Baker Mayfield era in Cleveland. It did because he came out and played on like a a torn AC joint or whatever it was, sprained yeah. AC joint, and he couldn't play the same. But no one gives you like the oh he's he's gutting it out for the squad. It's just like why does he suck all of a sudden? Um, and not to say Travis sucked in that game by any stretch, but I talk about it a lot with that because it's like people look at USC and Oregon and then ASU, right? They didn't have him for that one either. No. And they're like, okay, well, they Colorado lost him for three games. What about all the other games? Mm-hmm. And it's like that one should count, but it never, no one will ever give you the benefit of the doubt because he played. Right. But Travis Hunter didn't really play. Exactly. Someone else was out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and we saw, I think, then, um, what was the game after that? Oregon State? I can't remember. Whatever. We'll move on. Uh, PJ asked, what's going to happen with the Pac-12 refs? Do they just get hired into other conferences? I guess so. Who cares? Well, yeah. <laughs> One, who cares? Two, uh, there are no shortage of referee jobs, I'm sure, because of the Pac-12 folding. Like, there's just going to be just as many games, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And those games are still going to be happening on the West Coast, even though they're Big Ten, Big 12, ACC games. That's true. <laughs> uh, what's up, Big TZ? Do you think a DC having to use coaches already on staff will hold CU back from quality pro DCs? Hard not to want your own people you trust. Uh, I don't think so. I think the per- I talked about this last week, but I'll say it again. I think the person that need that you need to trust is Coach Prime. Of course, there's going to be guys that you want to bring with you. But the person who takes this job is taking it because they're putting their trust in Coach Prime, in Deion Sanders, someone that they probably have an existing relationship with. um, And they're saying, I want to do something special with him. I think Coach Prime will give you some leash. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, if if you really want to bring in that guy, we can make something work or whatever. Um, but in the end, that's not why you're taking this job. Um, you're taking this job to be a part of the biggest story in college football, uh, especially going into next year and to be a part of a team with coach prime, which who wouldn't want to do that? Well, look at Charles Kelly came in as like a co or what was it? Assistant head coach or whatever he was at Alabama. He really basically just brought Sal. I don't even think he even really bought, brought Sal because they had Pat Hill before. Yep. Sal was kind of, I don't, he wasn't the second guy, but I think, you know, once they lost Pat Hill, Coach Prime was like, all right, well, Coach Kelly's probably the most experienced guy here. Who do you right. have? Yep. It's not asking him when he's being interviewed for the D.C. job, who do you want to bring with you? Like you said, it's, it's different here. There's a different opportunity. I really want to hear this, but I, I don't know if we can play it. Uh, I know. I want to hear it. Well, too. I guess we'll hear it out. It was apparently Ryan Clark made a interesting analogy about the fumbling through the end zone rule. Can't wait. Is there anything else? That's all we got, huh? All right, chat. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We may have someone special. We may not. You never know. <laughs> you never <But> know. <laughs> crush that like button before you uh you tap out here. And that went by fast. I I just looked down at my phone. I was like, oh, that was a short show. It was a full hour. Yeah, (laughs) it was a full hour. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs. 